Here we go with the much anticipated We Have High Expectations podcast recap of one of the biggest wins and one of the best weekends in Iowa City history. We said it last week, but what a time to be alive as an Iowa Hawkeye fan. And whether the rest of the college football world likes it or not, Iowa's just going to keep rolling along. The best coverage in all of college football can be found in the Iowa secondary. And the best coverage in all of the podcast world is found right here on We Have High Expectations. Heck of an intro there, man. Did you write that today or? I, uh, about 15 minutes before I hit record, my nice. man, I wrote nice. that down. I tell you what, you're a very talented person. I know we make fun of you for radio Brad voice, but just, to, you know, overall, we don't give you enough credit for how talented you are at these intros. Exactly. No, I think, uh, it, it's, it's one of the more overlooked portions of our, uh, of our podcast. It really sure. is. You know, we don't, we, we don't get a lot of positive or negative feedback about it. It's just kind of people just, I don't think they understand the amount of time that we put into this. Right. I don't think people fully, you know, like right here, we're, we're letting people look behind the curtain. I mean, we've, we've prepped for this show for a solid six or seven minutes. You know, you know what it is, though, Drew. It's 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 like uh, it's like Tom Brady this weekend. I mean, what do you, what do you throw for the most yards he's probably ever thrown? He's ever thrown for. He had what four or five TDs, and it barely makes a headline. People just come to expect it when you're that great. You know, that's true. It's just expected. I like how you just didn't even respond to my. You know, we work so hard at this. We put in all this work, and I said six or seven minutes, and you just moved on to like talking about how great you were. So, <laughs> yeah, how great Tom Brady is! Like you just threw a dead fish in my lap. Didn't even <laughs> didn't even acknowledge my joke. Just I had oh, that's because I had already had the joke going <laughs> in my head. So much I'm like, this is gonna be good. I don't listen to anybody else. I just wait for a silence to put my punchline in there. Oh, what a Saturday! What a fall Saturday at Kennick Stadium. Is there anything better than a big game at Kennick Stadium? I don't think so, man. I mean, there this doesn't get much better than uh, than Saturday all around. Uh, but uh, just fantastic. Uh, now, did, were you able to get that deodorant off your shirt from Saturday, or? <laughs> I think so. I mean, who cares? I probably, uh, probably, uh, probably rubbed off uh, on somebody else's shirt when I was storming the field after the game. But you know, I know there was a lot of a lot of the listeners that came down to our live show wanted to know if you got that that deodorant off. That was a big, you know, after you took off because the fans that, that didn't make it to the live show, we actually just took over, you know, the big noon kickoff set uh, after uh, they went off the air. We took a, took that over and uh, did a, did a live show. Uh, unfortunately, the podcast equipment did not make the trip, so we don't have that to share with everybody. But uh, but yeah, Brad did eventually get the deodorant off his American East Farmers T-shirt. Yeah, no, and uh, I first I, I I mean we got to take time to say thanks for the couple of people that showed up for our uh, for oh, our live podcast. Oh, well, there was. There were dozens. <laughs> and then also, uh, big game like this, we pulled the camper down to Iowa City. Uh, and and if you've ever tried to get dressed in a uh, in a trailer <laughs> trailer's uh, ba- bathroom, you know how you can get some deodorant uh, on places other have, than just like, your underarms. Didn't that thing have a bedroom that you could have got dressed in? Yeah, well, yeah, but I got dressed. I took a shower, so I, I rinsed off, and then I'm in the the bathroom, and I suppose I could have, you know, walked through the camper with my shirt off, but I just decided to get fully dressed in there with as many, you know, as many people that were down there, and and uh, and the window the window blinds were open, and the crowd was already gathering for our live our live uh, podcast. Yeah, you, you so. weren't prepared. You were not prepared. That's that's for sure. I mean, I figured those other those other guys were there at six forty five. You would have been showered and ready to roll by about seven fifteen. But yeah, so maybe that's where we'll start. I was under the impression that lots did not open not until six there. hours Who prior cares? to the kickoff. Who cares? <laughs> and those a holes woke me up at six forty five. I mean, I drove my camper down Friday night 
so that I could sleep in a little bit. And I biggest game since 1985. So, biggest uh, game since 1985. They didn't even have podcasts the last time a game this big was around, right? That's true. That's and Brad true. starts our podcast bitching about the guys showing up too early to the parking lot. Unbelievable. Like this is why this is why the national media doesn't take Iowa seriously. Right there, <laughs> right there. Let's get to the, uh, let's get to the good stuff. We're gonna hey, we're gonna get to that. We'll get to the national media, but no, uh, firebomb them all. Firebomb them all, but no, you're right. The highest Iowa has been ranked now since 1985. Number two, your number two Iowa Hawkeyes, and I. I don't think I'm going out on the limb when I say I think that was uh, absolutely the loudest I have ever heard a crowd at Kinnick Stadium, correct? I mean, maybe some, like, moments got that loud, you know? Like, maybe the 57-yard field goal from Marshall Kane, maybe the interception for a touchdown by Imani Hooker against Ohio State. Yep. Um, the Brent Greenwood interception against Wisconsin in 2010, it was crazy loud for that moment, but this was sustained for 60 minutes. It was nuts in there. It, it was, was absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. absolutely that, wild. That the kid that came in to play quarterback for Penn State, like, good luck, man. I mean, everybody's ripping him and saying, you know, he can't play, he can't play, and maybe he can't play. You know, maybe he's just not very good. But when your game plan is what their game plan was and you've been running – Sean Cliff, Clifford getting all those snaps all week, and all of a sudden you have to come in in that environment against that defense. I mean, good luck. Backed up. Yeah, backed yeah, up in your own territory. Yeah, he yeah. Was the entire time. He never had room to move. So it was, it was loud. Absolutely loud. And, uh, no, and you're right. I mean, literally that entire second half, it was, it was bananas in there. Um, and really for the entire game, but Penn State quieted the crowd a little bit to start with the first, you know, with the the first quarter drives. But um, but yeah, I, what's your yeah, take? Let's, I mean, talk, let's talk about that real quick. Like, so the whole, you know, kind of the the narrative that's coming out of this from from a lot of people, not everybody, but it's coming out of it from people who I don't think. I don't think these people necessarily played football or have been around football, but the whole, well, if Sean Clifford would have not gotten hurt, Penn State would have won by three touch, you know, whatever it was. And first, that's like Iowa doesn't get beat by three touchdowns. Right. You know, um, second, he had, you know, a 75-yard drive after he threw a, just a boneheaded interception on the very first play, their very first play. He had a 75-yard drive after that. Their next drive was – and it, he threw a 50-yard, you know, a deep pass into the end zone that Kerner intercepted. Yep. Right? Then then they got a short field on a Petrus interception, and then they drove the ball down and kicked a field goal. So, really, he had, like, one and a half drives, you know, two, two drives. Like, yeah, he was playing pretty good, but he had thrown two interceptions, and it's not like Iowa doesn't make adjustments. adjustments so, this whole yeah. – and also, like, who the fuck cares? Like, he did get injured. He did not come back in. So, what are I'll we say, Yeah, I mean, I'll say it maybe would have been a different game. Sure, Clifford was doing a decent job of picking yards up with his feet. But we obviously adjusted. And, you know, whether it was because the backup came in or because uh, they were getting yards with the quarterback running, we we adjust, you know, we obviously adjusted and and put a spy on the quarterback or whatever. Started started taking that away to a certain extent. And I I'm with you. We started blitzing. I mean, we said yeah, we right. as much as I can remember. You know. And so. uh, yeah, if he doesn't get knocked out. Well, hey, that that's Iowa football too, right? right. Like right. we've What's said it before. Yeah. Starting QBs are not finishing the games against Iowa this year. You look at Indiana. Benched after three INTs. Brock Purdy for Iowa State was benched after three INTs and Campbell gave up, right? Mm-hmm. Kent State and Colorado State are the two games where the quarterbacks actually have okay Kent, stat lines. Yeah, Kent State's quarterback didn't make it to the end either, though. They brought in another guy. Correct, yeah. And then uh, Maryland, Tua's brother, was benched after five INTs. So now... His hips looked bad in that game. (laughs) And now, yeah, Penn State Clifford, like you said, had two INTs early. 
um, but was hurting us a bit with his feet, and then he gets knocked out of the game. Well, part of that is a running back, and sometimes he gets knocked out of a game. You know. Yeah, and part of that's our our defense. And Campbell came on a clean blitz and squared him up, and that's you know. Which is, you know, like I, I watched the replay. He did, like, I, I noticed he was slow getting up when he, you know, when we were in the stadium. And I, when I watched the replay, you know, I thought maybe, like, well, maybe he landed on his shoulder and it's like a clavicle or something, you know, like that. Like, it, it didn't look weird, you know. There was nothing about it that looked like, and and he, which makes me think maybe it was a rib or something because there's really nothing you do for a rib, right? Yeah, yeah kind of deal with it so i i don't know i the, that whole narrative seemed unnecessary you know like i guess if if iowa is 12 and 1 and you're trying to decide between 12 and 1 iowa and 12 and 1 michigan and 12 and 1 cincinnati and 12 and 1 alabama at the end of the year like maybe bring it up then i guess yeah. you know if you wanted to you know, say, well, you know, one of their wins that, you know, if, if you want to do something like that, that's fine. Right. But just like let Iowa have its moment without, you know, without having to, you know, come in here and say all this stuff. Like what's, why is it not okay for Iowa to be a quote unquote one half of a team, but it's okay for Oklahoma to be one half of a team. Yeah, it's okay exactly. for Texas to be one. It's okay for, you know, like, why is it okay for the other team? Why is it okay to be great at offense and not good at defense? But it's not okay to be the other way around, you know? Like, plus, Penn State's a really good defense, man. Like, I think 23 is the most anybody's got on them this year. It is. It's the oh, first and, time anyone scored over 20 yeah. on them. And, yeah, if I... 100 and some yards we had is in line with what Auburn had. Oh, yeah. No, they absolutely are. You look up, I looked up uh, Bride Dog's boy, Kenneth Massey, the Massey ratings, just one of the computer polls that are still out there. And he's got Georgia as the number one, you know, statistically or whatever, computer rating wise, the number one defense. Iowa's number two and Penn State's number three still after this weekend. So, so yeah, you can say the offense didn't look good. I, We'll get into some of that stuff um, and we'll get into some of the play calling and whatever, but you also have to take into consideration until maybe postseason play, this is going to be the toughest defense we're going to yeah. see all I year. Think Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin's defense is really good. And I think Nebraska's defense is pretty good. Um, the other defenses that we're going to play, I don't know, Purdue, I think Purdue's got a sneaky good defense with uh, their two defensive ends are both NFL type defensive ends. So that could give us some problems on offense because our tackles aren't great. Um, And and that's where I think our offense is kind of getting held back a little bit is that I don't think our offensive line plays great. Right. Um, I think it's inconsistent. We're inconsistent at guard. We're struggling a little bit at tackle. I think we're phenomenal at center. Like uh, there was a, uh, a clip I saw some guy keeps sending out clips of Tyler Lindebaum, like best center in the country, you know, and um, it was that play on our first touchdown drive, I believe it was, where um, Petrus hit Regani across the middle on, you know, a second and whatever, and Regani, you know, got 20 yards down to the 10-yard line or, or, or 30 yards down to the 10-yard line, and Lindemann just takes a blitzer, picks him up, and pancakes him, just absolutely destroys this guy. But the four other guys all missed blocks, and Tyler gets <laughs> yeah. missed one too, and, like, Petrus just got rocked, but he hung in there and made a play, and this is this is kind of my point with Spencer. Two things on this. One, he's pretty easy to game plan against because you always know where he's going to be. As soon as he drops back, he's not leaving that spot, at right. least to make to make a play. Whereas you know Clifford, you got to you got to worry he might end up somewhere else, right? He's and move around, yeah. He's yeah. Sure, he's and like pocket, CJ, yards, yeah. a little bit like that, right? He could get out of the pocket. Drew Tate didn't run a ton, but he could always get you know move out of the pocket, make a throw on the run, make a play. With Spencer, you know where he's going to be. So it's pretty easy to game plan against. But when he has – when his first read is 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 open, he'll stay in there and get just drilled and deliver the pass. Now, if his first read is not open, he's got to make a decision and the pressure's coming. That's where things seem to go a little haywire on him. But, you know, that probably happens with, you know, 60 70% of college quarterbacks. I just don't watch 60 to 70% of college quarterbacks. So I'm probably harder on him – than I would be on, you know, random guy from Kansas State or random guy from, 
you know, wherever it might be. So I, I do want to give him some credit. I think he's, this is maybe the fifth or sixth, seventh time in the 12 straight games that he's won where he has been not very good, like bad, not, not very good is not the right, right term. He's been outright bad to start games and then it's kind of come back and been Sounds pretty good bad, yeah. for 20 and for 190 yards and a couple touchdowns in the last three quarters of the game. That's not that's setting the for us, right? Yeah, not setting the world on fire, but yeah, making enough plays making and even plays. the the big play on the I mean, what a great play design, the pass to Regani for the for the go ahead touchdown. Yeah. Say what you want, but you know, it takes and, and others have said it, it takes a it takes a strong arm to make that throw all the way across the field. And you know, I mean he was wide oh, open. I don't think that's right. Yeah, but um, cause he, he tried to, to make, he tried to make, he tried to make that similar throw to Tracy when I thought Tracy had a little bit of an opening on a kind of a seam route like that kind of a corner route. And, uh, that number one for Penn state, um, one of their guys that, you know, was down for the count and then came back in, like Kurt talked about, um, uh, he, he broke on that pretty quick. He, he's got a, he's got a fine. He's okay. From an arm. He's not, you know, he's, he's got a good arm. It's not, it's not bad, but to just call that play in that situation where they blitz in the right spot there, you're absolutely hosed, you know, yeah. like that's one of those play calls where it's like, it takes, you know, it, it takes some, some guts to call it. And they've been setting that up and Keegan Johnson ran a great route on the backside. Like he probably was actually open. That's how good of a route he ran. You know, they were never going to throw it to him because the way they did, but he cleared that guy out on the backside oh, yeah. and yeah. just, as soon as as soon as uh, Regani put his foot in the ground and came back to came back to the outside, it was it was game over. Um, and at that point, you know, there were six minutes to go in the game, but it kind of felt like might as well have been twenty seconds left in the game, right? Yeah. Well, and, and first, the point I was going to make is it was against Penn State where we had another great play design, and Hawkinson was running oh, free, yeah. and was it Stanley that just completely airmailed and missed it? You know, so. Yeah. Wide open, but you still got to make the throw. And then you're right. Once, once that happened, and this is where I'm going to get into, obviously the Iowa defense, but they can be an MVP every single week this year. But the the MVPs for Saturday was Tory Taylor and the North End Zone fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I give it to Tory Taylor and Ivory Kelly Martin and Terry Roberts. Um, but this is an- another piece. It was I just think, crazy how many times we pinned them down inside the tent. Yeah, and, and so this is time. this is where some of these these national, um, you know, the the hipster college football fans that do all these podcasts and have these Twitter followings and get you know quote unquote mad about Iowa. However, that went in 2015. You know the talk to your kids about undefeated Iowa bullshit nonsense. That was stupid. Then it's going to be stupid now when they do it, but whatever. Um, it's not, a, it's not something that's going to bother me. I'm going to enjoy it, but yeah, my um, kids were there. I, I don't need to talk yeah, to them. They're seeing it. They're seeing it. And shit, they were alive in 2015, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's, like it's when these things start to happen yeah. a few times over five or six years periods, it's like, okay, whatever. Um, but this is where kind of the analytics can go out the can can go out the window a little bit. I'm going to talk about a, a what about three minutes left in the game, three minutes thirty seconds, fourth and three on the on Penn State's about fifty yard line, right? They got to get to the forty seven, or on the fifty, not their fifty yard line, but they got to get to the forty seven, right? Yep. And Kurt Parents punts a thousand times out of a thousand there. They had three timeouts, right? They got, and and I'm sure that the win probability says to go for it, right? I'm sure. I'm sure if you punt the ball there, your win probability is less than if you go for it sure. in a in in a vacuum, right? In a in a macro level, but at a micro level, in this game, you've got you know your backup quarterback who can't move the ball. He's moved it out to about you know he's moved it 30 yards, which is more than they'd moved it, which double what they had moved it the whole rest of the half, right? They got an unbelievable defense. They got three timeouts. You know. I, I at least know from watching Iowa, we're not getting a first down there. We're going to run it three times, and we're not getting a first punt down. Back to you, yeah. three, we're going to punt it back to you. So if I punt it, and worst case scenario, it goes into the end zone, 
we're still going to be punting between the 20 and the 30. You're going to get the ball at the 30 with, you know, the, thir- the between the 20 or the 30 with 30, 40 yards to go to get a, to get a field goal attempt. Best yeah. case scenario, you put us inside the 10, you put us inside the five, we're punting it back to you. You got the ball at the 40 yard line. You got to get 25 yards, right? Instead you go for it. You don't get it. And then, yeah, you stopped us, but we just put you right back inside the 10 yard line and you're done. You have no chance. We end up, right? like you're we never, end up just taking yeah, knees like, okay, cool. and putting you yeah. back inside the that, 10. Like how great of a moment was that? Like we literally, it's, we just took knees and we're like, ah, fuck it. We can't run out the clock, but we'll just give it back to you. You know, yeah, like, I mean, I, I think I told you that if I was Penn State, I'd just start punting on first down in the second half, right? Like, I'm just not going to take the chance we're going to lose yards. We'll just punt it right back to you, you know, and play defense. You know, we're yeah. faking enough injuries to get plenty of rest out there, so. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, if, uh, if, uh, yeah, if Franklin would have gone a little Kirk Ferentz, maybe they right. would have had a better chance. They, I think that. they would have. Yeah, I, I'm I, with you. I'm with you. Now that you say yeah, it. You know, maybe we, maybe they punt it to us and we do get two first downs and then we punt it back to them and they're in the, same, in the spot same spot. They were. Yeah. You know, they're in the same spot, except they have two minutes left on the clock or, you know, 20 seconds left on the clock or whatever it was. But I, on, I, I said it at the time, like they got three timeouts. I think I'd punt it. You know, yeah. and they got a good punter. They got a good kicker. Like they didn't need to get. You know, they could have attempted a fifty-five yarder. You know, they had a really he's good punter and kicker. Yeah. But I think, I think they could. I think the guy could have got it there. So that's just like there. There's more than one way to play football. There's more than one way to play winning football. And as much as it's frustrating as hell when we lose with a bad offense, it's pretty awesome that we win a lot of these games because Kirk Ferentz plays a way that I think Bob Stoops said it at halftime, right? I was comfortable being in these games. This is, this is where we live, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, there's not a lot of teams that are super comfortable in a 20 to 20 game and we're fine with it. And so anyway, well, that's and I think you, yeah. And I think you, you know, what you said to point out 2015 and even last year and even the, the year we went out to the holiday bowl and smoked USC. It's like there. And, and, Here's another game on Saturday, four more interceptions by the Iowa defense. So uh, back to the national media question, you know, we're halfway through the season now. Okay. We're six games through a 12 game season. Take a look back at the turnover margin numbers for Iowa going all the way back to 2017. And at what point does it become consistency instead of a fluke? I mean, the, the, right. to your point, this is Iowa football. We've been doing this for years. So, uh, you know, I was listening as I was pulling the camper back home on Sunday. I was listening to ESPNU radio just to get a sense for, you know, and they, of course, were talking about Alabama losing and what a great year it was all around. And then the three guys on the show, yeah, we're all just pissed off that Iowa's number two and they're going to ruin the college football playoff and yada, yada, yada. And, the one guy was like, you guys don't have to worry. I mean, this isn't going to, you know, they've got X number of interceptions this year. That, that That's no way that that continues. And it's like, hey, Iowa's got 80 interceptions since 2017, the most in the nation. Also, you're gonna- straight games where we've held opponents under 25 points, the longest current streak among power yeah. five teams like yeah. who says it ain't going to continue this you know is, why this i know it's going to you know why i know it's going to continue i don't know a lot about i don't even know who's going to start at quarterback for purdue this week but we're going to play graham metz who throws the ball the other team a lot we're gonna play hunter johnson at northwestern if he's still starting who throws the ball the other team a lot adrian martinez throws the ball the other team yeah. tanner morgan throws the ball like these guys throw the ball the other team and we're good at it you know like i saw somebody say um, was I think it was Reggie Bush on the halftime when because I, I rewatched the game I was watching halftime and he's like these these defensive backs play the ball and they make over the shoulder catches and they you know go attack the ball and they do things that this is not a fluke right we're it's they're getting some pressure in the front four they're getting some pressure with some blitzes they're making people uncomfortable and they're making mistakes and then when they make the mistakes guys are catching the ball you know like. And it's more than just Pitts. Hankins, the maybe the play of the game was the fourth down when Hankins came up and rocked them out of the backfield and held them short. I mean, how many corners in the in the country make that play? You know, and have enough wherewithal to go high. You know, the guy's off balance because he's yeah. kind of had to reach behind him so I can go high and I can stop him cold instead of, you know, most 
defensive backs would probably go low there and he might be able to dive over the top for the first down, right? Instead, he goes high and, and, and just stops him cold. That was a great play by Matt Hankins, who's who's a really good player. I think he's going to be an All-American if this keeps up. You know, like he's, he's crazy. Really I think I think I saw that Riley Moss, who's going to miss the Purdue game and hopefully be back after the bye week. But I think I saw Riley Moss and Hankins are the top two rated cornerbacks. Like, yeah, by pro football focus. So who really knows how that actually like nobody really knows what what pro football focus means when they rate when they're come up with their rating like their game rating this person 92 okay like what, what the hell does that mean um, also how do you know what the guy was supposed to do you know like um, so um uh but that doesn't take anything away from those guys have been awesome right yeah. and oh, yeah. jack kerner's yeah. been great and dame belton and Kayvon merriweather and terry roberts was really good in that game you know when he came in roberts um, almost had that pick like you said to me the other day on the on the back shoulder side, right? Yeah, on, a, on, a, side of, on an out route. On that's, an out, yeah. That's impressive, you know. And, um, and you know, I watched a little bit, and some people said there were some guys open, and, and he missed them. You know, there was one play where I think it was on a third down towards the end of the game. Belton missed the quarterback on a uh, on a blitz. He was in the end zone. So a guy rolls to his left and goes to try to throw it to Dotson, and over, overthrows him by a pretty, pretty significant amount, right? Falls, you know, and it looks like from the side angle, the Dotson's open, right? Well, then when you look at it from, you know, they show the behind angle and you can see that Joe Evans had just kind of slid out into the, the slid out into the flat on his own blitz. And if the guy puts the ball on a line to Dotson, Joe Evans has a touchdown and the game's over, right? He would have thrown it right to him. Otherwise, you know, like, so those are the things you don't see when you just, when you just hear people say guys were running wide open. Not really. Also, you go ahead and try to roll out to your left at full speed with guys chasing you and turn your body and make a throw to, to a guy. Right. You know, I mean, I, we, we, a lot of these people in the national media, just, they, they, they just say, well, you gotta be able to make that throw. And it's like, well, Jesus dude, like that's freaking impossible. Like oh. there's four guys on the planet that can make that throw, you know, like, yeah. I mean, if you watch the NFL lately, like quarterback plays, not good. You know, like, you know why quarterback plays not good? Because everybody's six foot four and two hundred and sixty pounds and runs around like a maniac. Like I can't even imagine playing quarterback with like, you know with those people running around. So I, I don't yeah, know. I'm, yeah. I'm, anti, I'm, I'm a pretty anti football media right now, just in general. Well, absolutely. I will say if you say four people can make that throw, maybe five, because I consistently make that throw to Corbin in the backyard here. On I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it. <laughs> Oh no. So I got uh, a couple more things and then we'll move on. We got a really, we got a pretty full mailbag here. We got some good mailbag questions, but before we get to the mail, um, back to the crowd. So I, I had to go look, Penn state had 10 penalties this game. Iowa had four Penn state had eight false start penalties. Is have you ever been to a game and and there were like two or three of them where the play went on for like five yeah. yards or five seconds. The ref had to like come in and like literally step in front of the ball carrier and say, hey, I have a flag on the field and I'm blowing was my one. whistle. I know you can't hear it, but I'm blowing my whistle. There was one where the they handed off the ball and it was an instant tackle for loss. And guys were up celebrating, like getting ready to run off field. And the ref's been blowing his whistle and he can't be more than four yards away from him at that time. It's insane. And nobody heard it, you know? And yeah, that was, I mean, they went to, there was a point where they were going to the silent count, right? Where the left guard or the right guard would hit this, look back at the quarterback and hit the center because they were going with the clap and nobody could hear it, you know? And, uh, but then, then they went to the silent count where the, the right guard would hit the center and then the center typically waits one second. So that guard can get set and then snaps the ball. The, the problem with that is that you just let the defense tee off at that point, right? Oh, yeah. All I'm doing yeah. is as soon as he hits him, I'm waiting one second and I'm off the line. Um, but the center, like, didn't snap it a few times. And the, even the guard that hit him was moving, you know, <laughs> like yeah. he was false starting because the center, I, I just, it, it was, it is so loud down there. I mean, we, we sit, Abby's seats are in the ninth row on the 30 yard line towards the north end zone. And, you could not lean over and talk to the person next to you. Like you had to scream at the person next to you. It was that loud that when they enclosed that North end zone and built that straight up, like it is like, it is so loud down there. And 
man, it like hopefully it, it. I mean, you can't recreate that moment, obviously, but hopefully it continues to be crazy loud down there. I, I mean, I wish the south end zone was closed in too, because I could only imagine like how crazy it would be at that point. But yeah, but yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, and it was just like you said earlier. It was just over and over and over. It was like. We, we, you know, Taylor would punt it. We'd pin him inside the 10. And worse, we sit in row 13 in the north end zone. And I was to the point at the end of the game, just like, I don't know how many more times I can do this, guys. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised I can even talk on this podcast on Tuesday because you're just screaming for like 30 minutes straight. My ears were ringing when I went to bed Saturday night. They yeah. were still ringing when I went to bed. So it was so loud that one of the guys in front of us just started throwing up. <laughs> he just started everything so loud yeah he just and then he just really didn't respond to anybody until <laughs> until the cops came um you know, and 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 helped him away because it was just so loud you know and i hope he got the treatment he needed you know but <laughs> there was blood coming out of his ears oh uh, god no uh yeah People from from some of the stories I've heard, people need to, as always, people need to learn how to control themselves on these oh Iowa God. football Saturdays. But. I I I don't want to get on a high horse and pretend like I have not been hammered. Like I have been hammered going to games. I you know you guys saw me sneaking bottles of whiskey in the game, so I can't be the more <laughs> police here. Allegedly, not allegedly. I did it. <laughs> um, I, so I'm not, I don't want to be the, the morals, the morals cop, but people. You've been a lot of places in this people, world. People. Yeah. Think about how drunk I was at the, at the Rose Bowl <laughs> and almost throw up there, you know. I can't imagine throwing up at a, at a sporting event. I mean, that's just nuts, but. Oh, it's like being that out of it. Like, what, like how, how are people not, are the people you with that big of assholes that they can't be like, dude, we got to go. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, man, exactly. Like. You know, and and I don't know. Maybe in my twenties or early thirties, I might have been like, "Dude, fuck you!" Like, I'm here to watch this game, and like, you're ruining it for everybody. I'm not ruining it. Get out I of here. I tailgated responsibly, guys. Yeah, it. you know, like so. Yeah. So yeah, but um, it was kind of cool being able to buy a beer and uh, buy a beer in Kenick. Yeah, yeah. No, I I actually uh, I actually had a couple on Saturday. I I normally don't, but I I didn't hardly drink at all because we. Got to go on the field with the A and F on field experience, and then turns out I gave a goddamn interview to Farm Bureau that's going to be really? on the Facebook page at some point. Yeah. Nice. nice, telling them uh, what it meant to us, and then you know why America needs farmers. Because if you want to know why America needs farmers, you better go ask Brad Gain. Brad Gain <laughs> never been on a farm in his entire life. Hey, hey, that's not true. Uh, but no, so I was like, all right, I better not get you know normal brad tailgate going here so had a couple of beers after that and screamed my lungs out but no uh yeah i ended up in the wrong spot the, the, they only had bud light and bush light so i had to get a bud light i haven't had a bud light in a long time but it was in a hawkeye bottle and i was like yeah whatever hey pro tip for all of those that are going so we were in the south end zone uh, in like the student, you know, in the concourse down there by like the student section in the south end zone concourse because that's where we met the guy to go down on the field which the two dudes we had that younger guys that worked for iowa uh game day experience they were phenomenal so big ups on on everybody uh working the crew there oh i gotta give them my big ups and my shout outs and my but anyways if you you know once once like the gates open and they close in like where they have where the team walks through and the Kennick statue and everything they close that in so like there's a big outdoor section where you can actually stand out there and they have a ton of beer vendors open up and it's in you have it's like you have to have a ticket to get there once they open the gates if you go if you're anywhere near the south end zone you go out there they got everything they got big grove they had they had all of the options and there were hardly any lines because i don't know that that many people know about it so before the game we we hit that up a couple times uh nice nice yeah yeah. i hit i hit my uh my secret bathroom there because they closed the entrance to that like you can't get in there yeah so that that's i mean that's the I, i i ran up um on a tv timeout i ran up and uh was gonna just go to the bathroom right outside of our our gate there and it was just packed i was like ah so i ran over there real quick i was back 
I missed like one play. Uh, so oh, the, boy. So if so, God damn it! I just I just told all of our listeners about the secret exactly. bathroom. So no. anyway, <laughs> all edit, of our listeners, edit that out. Edit that out. Hey, uh, one more <laughs> thing before we get to the mailbag on this game. What's what's your take on uh, injury gate? Kirk uh, at his yeah. press conference kind of got a little snarky on uh, I, Franklin I mean, getting pissed watch. about watch the video of it the video i didn't watch the video video is not near as bad as like just reading it and putting your own yeah putting your own spin on the quotes the video of it um is just kind of him talking um you know at first like the first injury of the game when people were booing i was like dude that guy's actually hurt like you know and, and he and he was he didn't come back um some of their other guys i don't know like I think this is just a college football problem in general. Like, I mean, Ferentz even said, like, they have guys on staff that have worked at other places. And when they, when somebody would yell scuba, somebody was designated to go down. Or if somebody yelled turtle, they were designated to go down. And James Franklin's comments made sense to me because I kind of said it too. It's not like we go fast. But, like, everybody plays eight defensive linemen now because we know you can't play four guys. Guys get defensive linemen get too tired, right? You're, and so right. you're going to rotate guys anyway. And if you can stop the game, even if it's after two or three plays and we're not going to go fast, but you can stop the game or say, we're not going to sub and we're going to, we're going to split Laporta out into a, you know, into a, into the slot instead of have him tight. And then you can't sub type of thing. Like, I mean, there's so many things that, that go into this and, you know, number one was, I think number one caught a stinger, right? And he was out for one play. I think he caught a stinger and then he stayed down. And they, I think, I think they coach him to, if, if, if you're hurt, if you have something that most guys would jump up and run off the field on, just stay down. We'll take the timeout, right? Yeah, free timeout. Yep. I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's to stop anybody. It's, yeah, it's, if, you know, if, if you're, you just stay down, we'll get the, you know, and and that's what I think. And then seventeen, the one where uh, the defensive end, what would have that been in the third quarter where he went down? Like that one was a that one was bad. He was, I mean, he's just jogging after the play. It's clearly over. The play's clearly over. He just goes down. They come over and the lady's just like rubbing his kneecap. Franklin comes yeah. out and they all kind of sit there and like look at each other. And then Franklin says, like, is on camera saying, "Let's go," and they get up and leave. And he's back in three plays later. You know, I mean. So, so I don't think people should boo it. It it's it needs to get addressed in some way, whether it's you're out for a series, whether it's you know I don't know I don't know I don't know what the answer is. Um, yeah, so. I I will say I'm one that I personally it it leaves a sour taste in my mouth when everyone's booing an injury because you don't know is yeah. the guy really injured or not, and even if they are going scuba like you said guys can still legitimately get injured obviously it's football so I I just don't like the booing but I will say I mean there's no way that many Penn State guys got hurt so bad that they had to stay on the field for that extended period of time right and and one of the ones that yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Clifford, one of the field. ones that was legitimately hurt, got yeah. up and walked off the field. And that's. So, I think I saw something that the the average play before a Penn State injury, we gained 14 yards, was the average gain, uh, you know, before they had guys down on the, when their defensive guys got hurt. It looks, I mean, Joel Clapp pointed it out. I don't know if you've watched it yet. Joel Clapp yeah, said it. He just, yeah. he said it. You know, like this is. So Joel Klatt saw it. Ferentz, Fer, you know, Tyler Barnes, I think, was on James Franklin's staff. Ferentz's son-in-law, who's the recruiting coordinator at Iowa, he was on. I'm pretty sure he was a part of Franklin's staff at Vandy. Um, so, like, they know, they know, like, and Franklin, like, why, why say anything? I, I, I don't know. I just like Penn State's kind of Penn State's got a little bit of Nebraska in them, right? They, they used to be amazing and they went to the big 10 and they were going to dominate and they never have. And it, now it's the big 10's fault because they put them with Ohio state and they put them with Michigan and the West division sucks and we should go to the ACC. And now Iowa fans are booing. And if we would have had Sean Clifford, it's like, Jesus, like 
dude, grow up, you know? Oh, all you hick farmers in Iowa. Like, have you been to backwoods Pennsylvania? Like, good God, it's no different than here. You know, like, do people think Pennsylvania ends at the end of Philadelphia at the last, you know, like, good Lord. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. And That's, I will say too, like you said, I should, shot at, I should not have took a shot at the people of Pennsylvania. That was <laughs> line too Wait, far, but. Hey, uh, no. And like you said, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I, I also thought it was weird that. Franklin came out on the field to the yeah. player almost every single time. Yeah, yeah, that was like really he's weird. Coming, is he coming on much. the field to give instructions, or is he coming on the field to say, "Okay, we've got our game plan set up now. You can get yeah, up and come know. to the sideline with us." Like yeah, that, that that was a little weird too. But well, you know, we'll I, I will say that when the first guy, I was I was very disappointed when the first guy went down because it was obvious he was actually injured, right? Yes. And then there was another guy that looked like maybe his arm was hurt. You know, um, and, and I think, you know, like I said, number one, it looked like he caught a stinger just the way the, you know, it happens. But then you, you just kind of start adding them all up and there's six or seven of them and three of them are kind of like, eh, and then. So, I mean, I don't know, just I just think booing is like, boo, but, you know, if you don't, people were people were into the game, man. And sometimes you go over, it felt a little like Roman Coliseum gladiator, like to me like you know like hey like they're still college kids you know maybe we don't boot them to the, this yeah, point no. and well, like and i said you even if they even if they did fake five injuries in a row the sixth one could be legitimate so yeah. you know how am i and, and you can't tell when you're in the crowd you know right. i mean right. if it's blatant obvious that he flops then you can tell but some I mean, of you those can, that you we can were kind of tell could. like when when they like come out and they start like actually you know like if 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 the trainer comes out and they start, they start doing like, you know, like moving the knee, you know, moving the lower leg and like testing the ligaments in the knee, you can tell pretty quickly that that one's for real. Right. If a guy's right. like holding his shoulder, rolling around, you know, like you can tell pretty quickly, um, you, you know, I mean, you tell when something's bad. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, who cares really at the end of the day, if people want to do it, that's fine. You know, like, People want to fake injuries. That's fine. Just like if people want to, you know, send their linemen downfield six yards and and beg somebody to to call it. Right. It's kind of all the same. Everybody's looking for an edge, and it is what it is. Yeah. Let's get to the mailbag. Let's open up the mailbag. So, first letter here, Marty, our good friend Marty. This is not his first time participating Wait, in the did mailbag. Marty- did he send anything about the apology from last week or not? No, no, he actually blew right past that. And right past the apology. I hope he's okay. I hope he, I hope he's okay. So Marty from Waverly, he asks, when you're the higher ranked team, you're the betting line favorite and you win, do you still storm the field? And I, I, I say, yes, of course. I feel pretty strongly about this. I, don't understand this whole don't storm the field, act like you've been there before crowd. Uh, when you're in that game, in that crowd, it's the biggest game in Iowa City since 1985, and you win. Storm the goddamn field. Who cares? Like, I'm yeah. not going to tell you not to, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't go on it because I'm 38 years old, and I don't want to jump over a fence and break a hip. But, um, like, yeah, more power to you, man. Have fun. Enjoy it. Like, you I know, had, uh, if, if that's a memory for you and your family or for, you know, I, I got a memory from, from, you know, being on the field in Minneapolis in 2002. We were the betting line favorite there. We were the, you know, we were the favorite in that game. Win and, and, yeah, yeah. Win and, and yeah, some moments are big. Enjoy them. Like, absolutely. And, and I cool had Carter, uh, I had Carter sitting with me in the north end zone and he was, the whole second half, he's like, we're going to come back and win this game. We're going to win this game in overtime. We're going to come back. And I'm like, he was a lot more confident than I was. I was like, I hope so. But, like, you realize we're going to have to score at some point to take the lead, right? And have you seen our offense? So once once we did, and then it was just like the last four minutes was just him counting down and yelling at me to go get in line to storm the field. So am I going to turn to him and say, no, yeah, Act like you've been there before, son. We were the higher-ranked team. Like, come on. Right. Of course not. We charged the goddamn field. We ended up slapping Linderbaum on the side of the shoulder pads. You know, like, that's yeah. what it's all about. 
yeah, I, I'm with you. I, like, enjoy it. Like, it's college sports, man. That's part of it. And, you know, I thought I saw a cool video from one of the, the local guys here in uh, in Des Moines where they showed uh, there was like a Penn State. I think one of their linebackers who had had, had a pretty good game was kind of walking off and he got in. He was, you know, pretty far. He was on the north end zone side of the field. So he was kind of walking and take and kind of like just I, stood well, there I ran right by him. And, yeah and there were tons of guys that were like hey great game 13 and patted him on the shook his hand and great game great game great game and like there was no incident right, they, right. It, like if there's an incident when you storm the field yeah then we got to talk about it but there was no incident it was people stayed away from penn state side of the field they let penn state get off get off the field and have fun like enjoy it you know, it was a, it was like we said, it was an, it was intense in there, man. Like it was loud. It was, it was, it was four hours of craziness and people have built the, very rarely do these things live up to it. You know, I mean, this was a week of talking about, this is the biggest game in 30 years. And this, this has only happened twice or two or three times at the university of Iowa, you know, since the twenties or the thirties, you know, when, I think we claim a national title somewhere in there. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And they, they honored that national title team at the game. Did you see that? I looked at Lindsay. I'm like, nobody's alive from that team. Like, well, no. they had like a big 10 championship trophy with the current big 10 logo on it. I You know, but I mean like, you know, you had brands out there going nuts and getting the crowd wrapped up. Bobby Stoops out there. You had big E. Big E. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, like it was a just like it was a overall, it was just cool. It, you know, you had, um, and absolutely, no, I, I you know, like, yeah. no, uh, I, uh, so we were it the bar stool guys that like went off on it, like, dude, fuck those guys, like, get out of here. Like, well, I had other Iowa fans telling me we shouldn't have stormed, but, uh, I was gonna say, um, oh. So Carter and I stormed. What? Episode. How much do I owe for f bombs on this episode? Seventy-five cents. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Carter and I stormed the field, and we legitimately, like, in the mob of people, ran into the the kid, the employee, who like was nice. on the field with us pregame, and I just go, "Hi, we're back, baby!" And he was just like, "What a game!" You know, so like, awesome. how cool is that? And then, yeah, that's awesome. uh, and, yeah, so Carter and I were walking back to the tailgate, and he was just obviously jacked as jacked could be, and I was just like, "Buddy, you know, we were on the field pregame, which was an unreal. We got all these pictures and videos. We stormed the field, and I'm like, this like forever." This is yeah. you're going to you're going to be able to you're going to remember that and have those pictures and have those moments and say the number three versus number four Iowa Penn State game forever. I mean, people still talk about 85, you know, so mm. it, it, that that's what it's all about. And if right. you're not having fun, then what are you doing in life? So, you know? so I haven't like the the previous field storms, like I think it was like 2016 Michigan, um, uh, 20. Uh, 2017 Ohio State. Yeah, I was not part of the initial wave of people, but we sit so low that it always made sense when there was a field storm to go jump on the field, run across the field, and go up out the other side of the stadium. Yeah, perfect. Um, but you can't do that anymore because the North End Zone, there's no no way out. So, like, how did you guys? Did you have to just like climb back up the the wall and go back out that way, or was there a better way to get out? Yeah, so section 136, the stairs going down there, they actually opened the gate at the bottom because, you know, they knew it was coming. What are they going to do to stop it? Yeah. So they actually opened the gate. It's a bit of a jump, but not like a crazy jump. Yeah. And then to get back up, you just got to reach up and grab the, you know, grab the metal railing there and pull yourself back up. So, again, you know, I'm getting to the age where that was not as easy as it was for Carter, but I, I didn't need any help to do it, you know, but, uh, 10 years from now, I don't, I don't know. I'd be yeah, an, like an able-bodied, uh, field rusher, but. Might be able but, to just no. go back over to the student section and just walk up right in the South. Yeah, end zone. I'm just thinking, you know, if one day I have to take Lily on the field or something, you know, like yeah, that's the other thing. Too, is, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Let the kids enjoy it. So, Question number Storm one away, out of the folks. Storm away. 
Mike uh, from Sumner, the Mike D, uh, he wants to know, which would you rather have happen? Iowa to the college football playoff, but get smoked by Georgia or Bama, or Iowa to a New Year's Six Bowl, and we roll our opponent? I don't know. What a, six in one hand, half dozen in the other there, right? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know which I would rather have happen. I'd be absolutely okay with either scenario, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Iowa in the college football playoff is something that I never thought I'd ever see. What's, it, what's still, the line from uh, What's the line from Hoosiers? I'm sure going to the state title is, you know, beyond your wildest dreams. So let's just keep it there. Like that's kind of yeah. how I feel about the college football playoff. Like we're not going to the college football playoff. Exactly. Uh, get out of here, you know. Like, um, but if we did go and we did get blown out, like. Oh, well, somebody gets blown out every year, you know? Well, and if for that scenario to happen, that means we likely ran the table at 12-0 and won dude. the Big Ten title yeah. game. So there's a lot of moments there that I would be yeah. okay with. Like we'd either, yeah, we'd either be 13-0 and 0 with a Big Ten title win or 12-1 and 1 with a Big Ten with title win. Big Ten win. title like, win, so, exactly. Yeah. Cool. yeah, I'd take that. Absolutely. Yep. And if you get beat by three touchdowns by Georgia – or you get hey, at least, at least, by you're, at least you were in the bracket. You were on the field. I mean, yeah. Everybody like Ohio state got blown out by Clemson. Um, Clemson got blown out by Ohio state. Oklahoma's got their doors blown off. Alabama got beat bad one year by Clemson. Like teams get blown out in the college football playoff. I don't think it's anything to like be concerned about. Well, I think I sent it to you and I was going to save this for our next segment, but we're getting to the point here where we're just going to wrap it up with the mailbag, I think. So I'll, I'll get to this, but yeah, I, um, was looking at uh, college football playoff history, and there's literally till 2015 to 2021. There's literally uh, what did I say? Three. Um, there's been exactly three semifinal games that were decided by less than 10 points. Three of the 14 college football semifinals have been 10 points or less games. So, yeah, to your point, if we get there and we get blown out, that's that's kind of what happens more times than not in the college football playoff. But, um, but yeah. And then I will say too, so kind of back to Iowa's number two in the nation. Oh my gosh, they're going to ruin the college football playoff. I mean, the national media and anyone really needs to calm the H down. We oh, don't even gosh. have the first college football playoff yeah. rankings out and people are already freaking out that I was number two. Like yeah, a lot can happen in six weeks of college football people. It, like we're number two. Like, yeah. Cause we're, we're number two. So yeah. Like here, here's, you're going to get to, you're going to get to this in, in a second, but before you do that, I'll say this, like, why would you even, why would you even be remotely concerned about Iowa or Cincinnati or Wake Forest or Kentucky or anybody in the college football playoff? Because one or two things is going to happen. One of two things are going to happen. Either they're going to go undefeated and they're going to deserve it, or more yeah. likely, they're not going to go undefeated and it'll take care of itself. You know, that's the more likely option. And if they do go undefeated, they do deserve it. And if they get blown out, like we just talked about, like everybody gets blown out in it. Like, who cares? So, yeah. yeah. And like you said, in the scenarios for Iowa to make it, we got to go 13 and 0. And in that case, you're goddamn right. We're in the playoff. Anybody that goes 13 and 0 out of the Big Ten is in. And if we go 12 and 1 and win the Big Ten title, then we should be in, in, but we're going to need help. You know, I I, I don't think you would need help anymore. Right. Yeah. True. True. Big Ten's got five teams rated in the top 10. Like, if true, if you're a 12 and 1 league champion, you're going, I mean, Somebody could point at Alabama and just say, well, but I mean, they got beat by Texas A&M. Like, Texas A&M damn near got beat by a shitty Colorado team. Colorado got blanked by Minnesota. Yeah. And it was 10-7, you know? Like, so it's not like, you know, you could say, well, Iowa got beat by Wisconsin. They shouldn't be in. Yeah, well, they won their conference. And their conference, their conference champions, blanched, blue, yeah. yeah. A one-loss conference, Big Ten, one-loss Big Ten conference champions always getting in. You know? Yeah. Just like a one-loss conference champion, Oklahoma always getting in like yeah yeah and and uh you know back to my point of we don't even have the college football ranking or cfp rankings out yet and in years that we have so i went back and looked the first poll of the cfp 
last year was the only year that all four of the top four actually made the playoff. And last year, the the CFP rankings came out in week 13. I think they came out late. I mean, last, you know, I, I throw last year out the window. It was not right. a normal right. year by any means, especially normal college football year. And if you want to look back at some of these, like you said this weekend in 2014, the very yeah. first college football poll that ever came out, Mississippi State, State. was number one. Yeah. Like Ole Miss and was Ole Miss was number four. Number four, okay. Yeah. Alabama yeah. was in there, right? It was Mississippi State, Florida State, Auburn, and Ole Miss was your top four. And it ended up Bama, Oregon, Florida State, Ohio State. So only one of those four made the playoffs. They got beat by 39 points. They went undefeated and got beat by 39 points a year after winning the national championship. Like, did they not deserve to go? Like, get out of here with this crap. Like, Right. And then uh, this is probably – so then the next year, 2015 – LSU was number two in uh, in the first CFP. LSU ended that season ranked 20th with three losses. My favorite one, 2016, Texas A&M was the fourth ranked team in right, the right first CFP rankings. With Johnny what? Manziel. Like right yeah. after they beat Emma with Johnny Manziel. Manziel. Yeah. They're number four. Texas A&M ended that season, ended that regular season unranked with an eight and four record and then lost to K-State in the Texas Bowl. Nice, nice. So let's relax on who's in the top four (laughs) this early in the season because like it shows, Iowa could, I mean, I don't think we're going to lose four games this year, but Iowa could easily end up 10 and two, you know? Yeah, or nine and three. Yeah. Yeah. We could, you know, like, you know, I mean. I don't think we're going to lose to Northwestern or um, Illinois. Illinois, yeah. And I don't think Minnesota is going to beat us at home with their third string running back. Um, but like they, Minnesota could, Tanner Morgan could, could be great, you know. And Nebraska could beat us at the end of the year. And Wisconsin, I mean, going to Wisconsin is not a layup. So I mean, yeah, this could all come crashing down pretty, pretty easily. I don't but, think yeah, it would so because the way we play just, you know, like I, I just don't think teams are got to be pretty damn good to score a lot of points on us. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're, you've nailed it with you know, like, why are people it, the majority of the time uh, since we've had the college football playoff, two of the top four teams make the final playoff, you know? Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Georgia's probably going to be there, but who knows? And, you know, a couple of the other teams are going to be in the, you know, ranked less than 10 with a couple of losses. That's typically well, and, what it and, is. But. You know, the, the same guys that talk about how great college football is because every week matters and blah, 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 are like mad six weeks into the season because I was ranked number two. Well, who are you going to put number two? Like, do you want, do you want Bama to be number two? Cause we could do that, but then you can't talk about every week mattering, right? Exactly. You know, like, do you want, do you want this to strictly be a recruiting rankings thing? Like, do you want this to strictly be your power rankings or your Vegas spread rankings? Or do yeah. you want the wins and losses to matter? And if you want the wins and losses to matter and you want this to be the, oh, this is the greatest sport because every week matters, you got to put up with the occasional Iowa at number two, right? Because who else are you going to put there right now? Exactly. Cincinnati, exactly. I, I, you could make an argument for Cincinnati, and I'd listen to it. You can make an argument for Oklahoma, and I'd listen to it. Shit, Iowa's got a pretty damn good case, you know, because yeah, those guess. guys all thought Indiana was great, and they all thought yeah, Iowa State was great, and, you know, and there you go. And probably Indiana and Iowa State were overrated, and guess what? Like I said after those two games, like, hey, that's awesome. We're going to be in the top ten in the country. But like, what if I Indiana and I was? What if, <laughs> yeah. what if Indiana and Iowa State suck? Like Indiana and Iowa State have done for the you know the entirety of human history, they have been terrible at football. So <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I, it's just it's it's trying to come up with they're jumping ahead to try to get all these data points when we have half the season to go. Yeah, that's and, the other point. Yeah, we I, played six games here, people. So let's, yeah, let's not like, worry about the playoff. That, until that, asshole, a that asshole Dan Wolken had something where he sent out, like, <laughs> I was not any good. They've played two teams that suck or something like this. And I'm like, dude, you're like, you like vote in the, like, you like vote in the poll that, you know, that and maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But it's just like, just who cares, man? Like, not everything has to be, can't you just let, like, 
like a day go by and just be like, yeah, awesome venue. Like, like Joel Klatt did, right? Awesome venue, awesome scene. Iowa won. Yeah, they're not. That's like, what college football is all like, about, yeah. They might not be what you want to watch, but they get the job done and their fans love it. It's just like Virginia basketball, man. Like, I'm not going to, like, tune in for Virginia. I mean, I'll watch it. Virginia play a big game, but I'm not going to tune in for Virginia and Miami, Florida on a Monday night in January because I just don't want to watch Virginia play basketball. That doesn't mean Tony Bennett isn't freaking awesome and that their team isn't great. I just don't want to watch it. Like, but I, I also don't need to go on a podcast and just rip it apart and talk about how anybody that thinks they're good is stupid. You know, it just like the world, man, the world. Oh, I've got well, a lot it, of problems with it. I got a lot of problems with people, and Festivus is coming up soon. So. <laughs> now you're going to hear about them. Hey, we got one more mailbag question, and then I'll let you get out of here. So uh, Ron from Palm Springs, actually from Rancho Mirage, but he said, you know, your listeners would know Palm Springs uh, more, you know, more, more people nationwide, and we've got a nationwide audience, uh, know Palm Springs, California. Uh, he wants to know Dude, if Iowa... Before you get to that, did you really just need to go into like all of that? Did you really need to go into like where Palms people know Palm Springs? No, like. I just wanted to make the joke that we've got a nationwide audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So sorry. Ron from Palm Springs asks if Iowa wins the national title this year, speaking of college football playoff, does Kirk retire and go out on top? That would be the ultimate. Ferent special, Drewski. I mean, we're living in a world where we have to talk about this. I typically don't talk about hypotheticals. I well, spend a lot of time telling people this... in my job, ma'am, I don't deal in hypotheticals. I deal in facts. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I would. I'd walk away. But if I was cared, I would have walked away years ago. As soon as my bank account got to the point where I didn't have to work anymore. Peace. See ya. Yeah. So we're a little different that way, obviously. I don't think so, man. I think I think he's in it for the long haul. He looks – I mean, I think I asked you maybe on this podcast earlier this year after, like, he was crying after the Iowa State game, like, do you think this is it for him? Like, is this – but they seem to be recruiting at a pretty high level. Yeah. They seem to be playing – I mean, they're playing at a really high level. You know, they got a coaching staff in there that I think is – I. I think is pretty good. You know, like that Kelton Copeland seems like a really good wide receivers coach. He's got Liddell Betts back. I mean, LeVar Woods could be LeVar the next Woods guy. LeVar like Woods crazy. could be the next head coach. Right. I mean, like to me, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't think he would go away. I can't believe I just like legitimately answered that question. <laughs> I was going to say, for our listeners, so this mailbag question actually came in person in our uh, second live segment post game down in Iowa City. I was a couple, I was a couple coors uh, deep at that point. So <laughs> he goes, "You guys think if Iowa wins the national title?" And I was just like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. let's just stop that. If Iowa <laughs> wins the national title, like, just stop." I don't. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about hypotheticals? There's a one percent chance. Uh, good stuff, but yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, I, I, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how much longer Kirk goes, but um, man, these last few years, he's got it rolling in Iowa City, so uh, he's, couldn't be more happier myself. He's a magician, man. I don't know how many times I've sat in that stadium and been like, we don't have a prayer in this game, and by the end of it, we're... I have no idea how we won. No idea how we won. Hand me a victory beer. Let's go. Let's roll. So you know what they call that? A Ferentz special. A Ferentz special. Hey, this was a good one, man. I know we could talk for hours, but I gotta, I gotta get going. You betcha. We've rambled on long enough. Uh, hopefully, the listeners have enjoyed it. What a great uh, week. What a great Saturday. What a great time to be a Hawkeye. We'll yeah, talk thanks, to you. Thanks again, everybody, for coming out to the live show and supporting us. We're going to do a few more live shows. Um, we're working on something, uh, you know, maybe a remote at a brand new fancy car wash in Winterset, Iowa. <laughs> um, we just got to talk to Corker and Construction there. And uh, we want to thank Corker and Construction for their support, you know, get this deal ironed out here. But uh, be on the lookout for some of those uh, some of those announcements here is it in a, the next few weeks. Is it a brushless car wash? I don't know. Uh, you I, do know I do if know. I do know. brushes. That 
Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the brush ones, but I do know that the code, when I asked what the passcode was, I was told it was credit card, which seems pretty long for a passcode, but I'll, I'll type that in. Um, <laughs> I thought you were so... legitimately going to give out the code. <laughs> like, oh, God. We're going to get sued. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. So, be on the lookout for uh, some announcements on some live shows. Brad might actually wrestle a bear at one of these shows. I thought it was an old wrestling coach. It, I mean, he might as well be a bear. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what I'll do? I'll clap and I'll put my hands to my chest and I'll say, bring it. Okay, we're done now. <laughs> All right. Well, there's one person listening that got that joke. Other than that, let's uh, wrap it up. Hey, we'll see y'all in a week. We'll recap, hopefully, another Hawkeye victory against Purdue on this Saturday. Have a good one, Drewski. Talk to you later. Go Hawks.